and he does reef stuff like that. And but he he loves them mustangs, and uh, he he'll be real interesting. He knows a lot about that end of the deal. So we can transam it a little bit today. Well, um, I understand that uh, we had some pretty exciting racing yesterday. I know uh, Alan and I were going back and forth there pretty late with the. Uh, well, they had the 10 hours of uh, Road Atlanta with the um, WeatherTech sports cars, which was a real exciting race. And coming down to the last hour or so, it looked like Mike Hill's car, Alan's brother, was going to take it. And he was leading, but it was real close. He had Ricky Taylor all over him in the, uh, in the Penske Acura. And it was dark, and the headlights were on, and the slow cars in the way. And it's a... That's a heck of a way to race, Alan. Uh, yes, it was. That's putting on a good race there for about the last probably 30, 45 minutes. And it seemed like that uh, Chevrolet Cadillac would kind of get away from him whenever there's an open racetrack because they had uh, the V8 horsepower, whereas Acura had the V6 with the turbo. But whenever it come into traffic, had to play, Ricky Taylor would kind of close back up a little bit and... It come up and bit them a little bit. They kind of stuffed it into one of them turns down there and kind of took both of them out of the running there for, for the win. Well, you know, um, Pipo Durrani, who is the driver of the Cadillac, and I'm going to say one thing right here before I forget. That Cadillac sounds great. Oh, yeah. That's a good-sounding car. I'll tell you what, when it goes by with those other cars, you, you can close your eyes and tell when it's a Cadillac. It's got that old deep moan sound to it. It sure does. It's and, hitting a lick, ain't it? I'm telling you what, it sounds <laughs> fantastic. And uh, that's just a great series. I love it. They, uh, The cars look great, and I'm getting to know the personality of the drivers and everything. And I, I'm not so sure I like the personality of Ricky Taylor after last night, but Durrani went under him earlier and took the lead, and it was a bold but a clean move. He didn't touch him. He didn't do anything wrong. But in the dark, with 10 minutes to go, I noticed that Durrani said 10 laps to go, but I guess that's the way they figure it. It would have been about uh, about right. They uh, they were lapping another car, and Durrani got, was on the outside. I, it, I don't know if he gave him too much of a gap or not, but anyway, Taylor jumped in there, and they went into the turn, and they both spun out and went through the gravel trap, only... Um, Durrani backed all the way across the gravel track and backed into the wall and tore up the rear end of the car. He did end up um, eventually driving away and finishing fifth. And um, uh, Taylor missed the gravel trap and slid off in the grass and got his car going again. you got to imagine now, this is pitch black dark except for the headlights of the cars. And uh, it is just such a different kind of racing and, and very exciting. And he got his car going again. And uh, Ringer Vanderzander inherited the lead in another Cadillac and uh, went on to win the race. So that was just a few minutes. Uh, go ahead. Well, if you listen to the sports announcer, he said, I think third place has got a shot to win this race. Yeah, he did. <laughs> he picked it. And, you know, when you got two guys going at it like that for the lead, third place might be the place to be. Ask uh, Richard Petty and... Uh, 1978, 79 Daytona 500. So, uh, but then again, they had just concluded 
from uh, like what seven o'clock to nine thirty or so. They they showed the Xfinity race on the same channel, so they cut into the the Petit Le Mans, and um, that was a good race. And Ryan Briscoe took his ninth win, and we'll get more into the depth into this a little later. But uh, he's smoking. He's smoking. And uh, but I just couldn't figure out what Justin Allgaier was planning on doing down there. Yeah, they got uh, one of the late restarts. They got down. I, I'm switching back and forth between that and Alabama, Georgia. To be honest with you, and I was, my timing was a little off because I knew they were coming down for a restart, a late caution there in the Xfinity race. So I looked, um, and then I switched back over real quick to the Xfinity race and. Um, Alfredo's car was upside down and they were trying to turn it over to get him out. And I was like, wait a minute, what in the heck's done happened here? I missed a heck of a restart. And they did have a... Going into the first turn, this Kansas is one of these tracks where sort of like Phoenix where they cut down off the bank and uh, go through the flat part. And they were using a lot of flat part, but there was like four or five abreast there and there was no way Allgaier was going to keep it down there. And he came up and took out Alfredo, and Alfredo went straight into the wall. Now, this is in the first turn of a restart. And um, flipped him up on his side, and he slid along on his side with sparks flying everywhere. And then he flipped over on his roof, or just turned over on his roof, and wound up that way down on the apron. And I was sitting there watching it with Yana's my wife, and she, you know, she's been around me long enough to where she's absorbed a good bit about racing. And, uh, and she said, you know, if that car was on fire, that guy would be in bad trouble. And I said, yeah, he would. He really would have. I mean, it's hard to get out of those cars. And uh, they made him just sit tight until they they got a way that they, like, hook a strap all the way under that car. And one cable pulls and one pushes or something. And it just, they lift it up and it just rolls it over. You know, and then set it back down. And, uh, I mean, it was it took a... It took a good five or ten minutes to get him out of there. And if if, if he'd been hurt or or the car had been on fire, it would have been a yeah, nastier result. It would have been bad. Wasn't it Mike Waldrop uh, back several, several years ago? Uh, he turned over, and it didn't have it quite perfected. This was probably with the car. The yeah. bar, I think they'd run a little wing on the back. It's been a bunch of years ago. But he got on his top. And they kept trying to figure out what he just kept saying, roll the son of a gun over. Roll it over. Well, yeah. they finally they took heat and they got rolled it over and he got out. But, you know, Mike Walter's pretty big and everything. Something to happen to his much more. Uh, getting, that, getting that car back up on his four wheels makes a whole lot of difference. Well, it's really bad if you're on, top, on your top and you're spinning and another car collects you in the wrong door. Well, that's, and that's what happened to... Uh, um, Who's the guy Daytona? No neck number six. Who am I trying to think of? Ryan Newman. Ryan Newman. Yeah, he Ryan got, Newman. He was upside down when he got popped. Yeah, know, coming I, to the finish line of Daytona. But it was also Ryan Newman another time at Talladega wound up upside down in the third turn. Uh, and you know, and it, they put those trap doors on the car. But um, I don't even know if they still have those anymore. Remember the, in the roof when. Uh, Michael Waldrop, who was not Jumped my out of it. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I don't like Michael Waldrop, but that was pretty neat. Well, and, I agree uh, with you. I'm not too fond of him either. But, but that, that's not going to do you any good if you're on top of your, if it's upside down. 
I mean, yeah. the trap door's not going to work too good when... But I don't know if they have that trap door anymore. I don't think they do. I, I don't think they did because you remember Danny Hamlin was in a race one time and his trap door kept coming up. And mm. I don't know if it was something about aerodynamics and stuff like that that they had it to work. Yeah. But uh, they kind of took that away from them. But uh, my driver's been upside down four times. Is that right? Yeah. And, you know, Jada's talking about she names race cars. We had one car named Flipper. <laughs> so, uh, that's a good name for it uh, that's a good name for that car so uh i kind of cut it up oh that's, that's, that's one of my cut up well i that one doesn't belong in the museum museum i took i took that plasma turn and i cut that baby doll up i said this is over <laughs> <laughs> you know i thought it was kind of interesting last night although he never shuts up and he talks a lot but um jeff burton said that he'd never been upside down in a race car I found that pretty surprising. Yeah, I did too. Whenever he said that, and uh, but you know, seems like a lot of drivers count those. I, I read a whole lot of books about old time drivers and 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 other contemporary drivers, and a lot of them can tell you how many times they've been upside down. Yeah. Well, you if you talk to David Pearson, he said I never had gotten ambulance. Right. You know that just goes to show you. I know one time Sometimes he, you can be smart and sit back and avoid it. Sometimes yeah. you can, you can't. He, uh, um, I know one time at Bristol, I think he was in a wreck with Marvin Panch about 1964 or something. It knocked his shoe off. And he said, you'd always heard when you got killed, it knocked your shoe off. <laughs> but I, you're right. Pearson never did any sheep time that I know of. And I think he, he was pretty proud of that. But yeah. I was going to say, but Tony Bettenhausen counted how many times he uh, flipped, and he, he got up to 28 before he got to the one he couldn't count. And uh, so getting upside, upside down on a race car can be a bad deal. Yeah, and uh, it, it happened last night. But uh, they do have a lot of safety things in those cars, and I you do occasionally see one catch on fire. Uh, I mean, a big blazing gasoline fire, you just don't see hardly at all anymore you you might see an oil fire or or some unspent fuel in the exhaust pipe that flames up a little bit or but uh you don't see too many too many of them burn to the ground anymore so do they still have the on bar onboard fire extinguishers yeah they got one in the trunk and in the compartment okay matter of fact i put one in my car we had a car up at harris last year she burnt to the ground okay and, put uh, one in your trunk. We got. I got. I got a fuel outlet. I mean, a extinguisher outlet in my trunk, and I got one up beside my fuel pump. It's a good know, place still, to have it. We still have. We still have to have our fuel pump mounted down there in stock location. And it's awful close to the frame down there. So, I've got one line run straight up there, right beside the fuel pump, and I got one line run back there, which I only tote fifteen gallons of fuel. Most of these boys like toting twenty-two and thirty-two gallons of fuel. To add weight to the back of the car, yeah, I put I put three chunks of lead back there. I would put lead, three chunks lead. of lead before I fill it up with gas. The only time I get into a situation is kind of like uh, last night where they had the street stock classic over at Travers Rest Speedway and had a fifty lap main event. Now, if they have fifty lap main event, now I'm in trouble because my I run out of fuel. Well, out front. Go ahead, Rick. I hope I'm out front. <laughs> <laughs> you usually are. But uh, that's that's something, you know, we need to get into a little bit further. You, you know. uh, you done for the year? 
I think we are done for the year. Uh, kind of looked at the schedule, and they kind of left us off at Harris Speedway's got a big race coming up this coming weekend. All our local racetracks are getting down to, well, like uh, three-day event deals, and each racetrack kind of works together, letting one racetrack is coming. Like uh, this past weekend, it was Traverse Rest Speedway. Next weekend, it's going to be Harris, and uh, that's pretty much going to close out our season, except for... Uh, the blue gray, blue gray classic. Easy for you have. to say. Yeah, easy for me to say. <laughs> blue gray classic that they're going to have at Cherokee Speedway November 22nd. And then looked at the schedule and they have not got us on that schedule to race that day. So I started stripping my car down yesterday. And it's like I told y'all, I said, I got out there this morning, got tools out, fixing to pull the motor and transmission out of it. And I got thinking, I said, man, I got a radio station to do. <laughs> I did the same thing, only uh, my wife gets up to go to work. She gets up at 5, and I have to reset the alarm, except on Sunday I don't reset it. I just naturally wake up about 11 o'clock. And uh, I woke up and uh, just to turn over something that was 7.30, and I went, holy cow, I got a radio show. <laughs> and I had, to, uh, I had to scramble real quick and set the alarm so uh, Greg wouldn't be standing out there in the driveway in the cold all by himself. Felt pretty good out there in the sun. You know, I walked in between the two buildings over there with the duplexes. But uh, feel pretty good out there. Like I say, it's good racing weather, good football weather. Yep. Um, A lot of good things. It is. And now next week, South Carolina plays LSU at 7 o'clock. So we'll be back on Saturday morning. Back on our regular schedule. And looking on down the line, it seemed like most of them still say to be determined. I think you can safely say the last game of the season against Georgia will be a, probably a 3.30 CBS game, maybe even a 7 o'clock ESPN or ABC, but uh, especially if Carolina can keep winning. That's what I was fixing to say. They keep winning like they done yesterday, playing Auburn. They'll move down to that prime time. That's exactly right. I mean, that's a, that's a thing to look at. Well, Georgia got put back in its place last night, so I think... Uh, it's a racing show. We talk a little football, but I see a Alabama and Clemson on a collision course. I mean, they've been on a collision course for several years and, and some great football games, and it looks like we may be in store for another one. But um, I'll tell you what let's do. We've been yapping here for 20 minutes. Let's take a break. And when we come back, we're going to have on one of the greatest, most versatile race drivers there is, and that's Kenny Schrader. You're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. There's no points racing here. Greg, Perry, Ronnie, and Nelson are racing to win. You're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports 1498.3 FM. Speedy Lube in Inman says to save time is to lengthen life for you and your car. Let Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman, lengthen the life and performance of your vehicle. Speedy Lube offers professional ASC certified mechanical service for your car. Be it an oil change, AC work, tires, brakes, front end, or any type of major or minor repair. Trust Speedy Lube in Inman. Open weekdays from 8 till 6. For fast, fair, and friendly service, visit Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman. Fox Sports 1400 now has an app. Like mozzarella sticks? No, it's an app for your phone. My phone is hungry? Okay. 
So for the rest of you, download the Fox Sports 1400 app today with our elite audio text line. Just search Fox Sports 1400 in Google Play or the App Store. Download our app today by searching Fox Sports 1400. Man, I need a new car, but I have no idea where to look. Have you tried Impex Pre-Owned at Bowling Springs? Pre-Owned? I'm not looking for something with lots of mileage on it. That's why you need to go to Impex Pre-Owned, because they have a huge selection of new model cars and trucks with low mileage. Well, that sounds great, but i got to stick to my budget. And that's another reason why you need to check out Impex Pre-Owned. New model cars with low mileage at thousands less than you'll find anywhere else. Call Yvette today at 864-327-9297 or check out ImpexPreOwned.com. Impex Pre-Owned. Quality used cars made easy. Get ready for a slam dunk during the Nissan Now Sales event at Greer Nissan. It's Markdown Madness, and you'll score big with huge savings and low payments on all your favorite Nissan models. Get in the zone in an all-new 2020 Nissan Sentra for only $129 per month. Take your pick. You can drive a 2020 Nissan Altima or Rogue for only $199 per month. Or score a new Titan pickup and save up to 30% off. Get big savings on our large selection of used vehicles, too. And if you need credit, come and get it. Bench those high payments and slam dunk on savings during the Nissan Now sales event at Greer Nissan today. Low prices, big selection, and committed to quality customer service. Come see us on Wade Hampton Boulevard or shop online at GreerNissan.com. Call 864-479-1197 for more details. Are you sick of all the cookie-cutter, boring barbershops? If so, you need to visit the Ironsburg Barber Company in Hillcrest Shopping Center. At the Ironsburg Barber Company, professionalism and customer service is their top priority. Owner A.J. West makes sure that every customer gets exactly the haircut they want when they sit in his chair. So if you want to get your hair cut like you like it and in a fun, man cave-like environment, then give A.J. a call at 864-466-5289. The Ironsburg Barber Company offers military and first responder discounts, and everyone is always welcome, even Clemson fans. First-time visitors mention this ad and get $5 off. Call for an appointment today at 466-5289. Hi, this is your host, Perry Allen Wood. For the latest in auto racing, join us for Start Your Engines, Saturday mornings at 10, here on Fox Sports 1400 and 98.3 FM. And welcome back to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. And it's my pleasure to welcome to Start Your Engines, Kenny Schrader, one of the most versatile drivers there is in the whole world. Good morning, Kenny. Good morning. How y'all doing today? We're doing great down here in Spartanburg. Nice fall weather. Yeah. Kenny, we appreciate uh, you taking out Somewhere in West Virginia. To to come on with us. I'm somewhere in West. Go ahead, Kenny. Yes, sir. I'm I'm somewhere in West Virginia driving home from a race in northwestern Ohio or northeastern Ohio last night. And it's beautiful here today. Yeah. Well, Kenny, like I say. Uh, you still racing like crazy and, and, and winning races. and I mean, do you still run a schedule like you used to where you run three or four times a week? I mean, uh, like I say, you, you just yeah. run and run and run. Are you still still into that, that situation? We're, we're staying pretty busy. Uh, <clears throat> last week or last year, we ran uh, 60... 65 races and then we did 60 sponsor days where we take cars out and uh, Federated Auto Parts brings customers out and we let them drive and stuff. I was in I was in a car with testing and stuff. I was in a car a little over 130 days so we're still keeping busy. That sounds like it. Uh, man, I, I, I know you got to remember back in the old days when 
uh, you was running for Dunleavy and won a 125 miler on your roof and won the IROC thing. And uh, we've seen a lot of changes in, in NASCAR since then. Uh, uh, you know, we've had this situation with, with, with the virus thing going around. But uh, what do you, do you got any suggestions or anything what they what they could or couldn't do that would uh, help things? I know Bristol's talking about a dirt track on the inside, but could you tell us your thoughts on all that, Kenny? Well, you know, I, I'm i probably looking at it a little different. I don't think we're all that messed up. What I see on the racetrack, watching the races, um, it's I think it's better than it's ever been. we got more cars running closer. Uh, I like the stages. I like the uh, uh, playoff deal. I mean, I don't know much about other sports, but I know that you win every football game all year long and you you lose the first playoff game and well you're done uh so i mean i like a lot of things they're doing we uh we can't seem to to make the fans happy but we're not the only sport that's got that problem right now uh i mean you can you know all the even before the pandemic all the all the sporting events uh Attendance was down, TV viewerships down, stuff. So you know, I we we definitely have some issues, but I don't think it's any that uh, NASCAR has brought on themselves. Kenny, you know, one of the things that that I kind of like, and, and if I'm not in the sport other than talking about it every week, but the the lack of practice. I mean, doing away with practice. It, I don't know how much that's really hurt. Hurt them at all. I mean, it looks like the racing, as you said, is as good as it ever is without uh, without all these hijinks during qualifying and uh, and all the practice they used to do. You sure wouldn't know it when that race starts. You wouldn't know it that they hadn't been on the track. And, and I know uh, budget-wise what it cost us to be there uh, on the track Friday and Saturday instead of just Sunday. Uh, so, yes, the very limited practice, I think, has has been very good. You know, those guys are at the, uh, they're at the top level of, uh, of automobile racing in our country, and they ought to be able to hop in those cars and, and go, and the crew chiefs ought to have them damn close when, when they hop in them, and, and I think they're showing that they can do it. So I've found that to be very interesting. I've really enjoyed it. Now, you know, Kenny, if you remember, uh, we, we had to pull that stuff. Uh, back in the day when when we were running and he was running full-time cup uh that we would start races by points with no practice uh at some of these places you know like poking on and stuff and you know it, it seemed like we done a pretty good job of dropping off the truck with a setting it up and starting to race in i mean i mean we did we did prove it could be done i, I guess because they keep such good records or everything but i remember many a time starting us cold turkey and, and and the mechanics is so good and everything we could get it pretty close yeah uh i mean you got so many good notes uh and now those cars uh they don't vary from car to car that very very little um so i i just don't i don't think it's a problem and they're they're showing us uh, by the by watching the races that it that it's not a problem and you you know the difference in budget uh that that makes so I think it's just a win-win. <clears throat> Maybe some of the places they might go back to a little bit or change the schedule just a little bit. 
but it's working pretty damn good the way it is. Kenny, I was on your website last night, and I mean, I knew you were active, um, and you probably will be forever. Uh, but you're doing great in, uh, as near as I can tell, in the, the dirt modifieds. I mean, you've got three wins this year. Most recently, uh, it looks like in September on uh, at Terre Haute. And I know that's a tough track. Well, yeah, and then we went out to Nebraska and, and uh, uh, well, I guess maybe that was for Terre Haute. I don't remember. We won a couple weeks in a row there. Uh, you know, we, we're really disappointed with the number of wins we've had this year. Uh, we had quite a bit more last year, but we have we have been we have had seconds and thirds and fourths just like like crazy. We've been putting together the, the top threes and fours. Uh, run third again last night. We had to, we was I was in someone else's car, but we uh, had quick time and broke in the heat race. Had to go to a backup car. Started last and run third. So it's it, it's been an excellent year. We just uh, haven't had enough wins, but. We're not done yet. We're going to race uh, through uh, through Thanksgiving, so we still got a chance to get some more. Any chance to see you get in a stock car for the Bristol Dirt Track race? <laughs> that was my next question. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's what we all want to know. We want to see you out there and show them how to do it on dirt at Bristol. I'll tell you what, them kids know how to do it. You know, we, we got some excellent, excellent young talent out there right now, and... Uh, They'll they'll get it done. I I'm not sure I understand the whole Bristol dirt race. Uh, you know, I think they're just grasping at straws, trying to do something. I mean, it'll be interesting. You know, I haven't heard how many laps it is yet or anything like that. But uh, you know, these things they weigh a lot of money. Uh, they weigh a lot. They they've got windshields, which you know has been a huge problem for the the truck. At uh, at Eldora when they run them there, uh, so that'll be interesting to uh, to see. But I, I, I'm not too damn old. I I know I can do it uh, because we're still doing it every week. But you know what it takes to financial to uh, financially to do that. So we're not going to go out looking. I know it's been a few years now, and I, we talk about it all the time on this show. And I've always said, it, I want NASCAR to run a dirt race. You know, I think it can be done, and everything's televised anyway. And I, I always wanted to see it on like a big mile, like at uh, Springfield, Illinois, or DuCoin. And uh, my good friend James Hilton, I used to talk to him about running on dirt because he'd go up there. And I said, How was it? Uh, you know, how do you like it? And he said, well, it's great till you get blown off by Ken Schrader and uh, Tony Stewart every, <laughs> every 10 laps. <laughs> but I, I wouldn't well, see him on a big track. Yeah. Uh, problem is, we don't have any big mile track that uh, can accommodate the the, uh, the Cup Series. Even, even if we're talking uh, a small fan count. And let's say 35, let's say 35, 40,000. Uh, you know, I mean, Eldora can, can put a lot in, and that would be Eldora and Knoxville would be the only two uh, that can even come close to putting that many that many people in and have some have some suites and have uh, uh, everything we need inside, have a care center. Eldora's got a beautiful care center and stuff. Just stuff that the NASCAR series does. Uh, uh, demands for the race and uh, 
so, I mean, Bristol's got all that. Even though they got to put the dirt on it, it, it's probably one of the better choices. Yeah, and, and and I'm just looking here back at this year's ARCA schedule. You know, October 4th, which was a couple of weeks ago, they did run at Springfield. And, uh, you know, they're racing now before 10,000 fans. So, you, you know, I, I just think, I'd just like to see it happen, you know. Uh, I, 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 that's why I said it's a big television event anyway. I think you'd get millions of, of watchers. Whether you had that many at the track or not, and I, you know the hospitality things, uh, that's something I don't consider, and I know I should. But anyway, NASCAR's trying something, and that, that schedule's been so shuffled around for next year. I'm at least there. It looks like they're they're throwing stuff against the wall to see what sticks. Yeah, and and I think I think they're doing a real good job. Uh, you know, there's a, there's a lot of people that they they leave the sport and they get away from it. And they become uh, they become not happy with it. Uh, you know, they just think about the good old days were better. Well, I'm I don't know. Maybe I'm screwed up, but I don't think the good old days were better. I mean, they were different and they were simpler, but they weren't better. I like I like everything they're doing now. It's so tough. The competition is so tough. I mean, it was it was tough back in the day. I started in '85 full time, and it was tough way before then. But it was tough with a half a dozen teams, you know, not with 15 teams or so. So, I mean, 15 different cars. So, I don't know. I think they're doing a real good job. Uh, we just we can't make anybody happy. But any, no other sport can either. The one good thing that we have going is we still are blessed that our sport, we don't have the a lot of the participants constantly getting in trouble. Right, you know these guys with the sponsors that they represent, and and uh, we just you know they they still conduct themselves like they need to. Yeah, I'm looking at your stats here, and I know you told me you, you need to go, so we'll let you go in a second. But uh, you were the 1982 uh, USAC Silver Crown champion, and I think I told you last year, and I uh, I did have the honor of seeing you um, when I was in Minnesota on a previous position I had. Saw you run in 1984 to Minnesota State Fairgrounds in a, on the asphalt in a, I guess that must have been a silver crown car. I know Marv, Marv Carmen won yeah. the race, and I, I honestly have never heard of him before or since. But you were there, and I think you might have finished second. Yeah, I don't remember where he finished. It was somewhere in top five. Uh, but uh, Marv Carmen uh, won a lot of races uh, throughout the Midwest. He was a a very very successful open wheel racer, but uh, we ran a silver crown car just a couple years ago. Uh, I ran the little five hundred back in August. Uh, you know, it had rescheduled from May. We run it the last four years. We're five hundred laps with the sprint car on a quarter mile dirt or a quarter mile pavement. Uh, we have kind of survived, wound up eighth, but we've we've got a little bit we've finished a little better there every year so we're going to have to go back and try it again next year well kenny we've got a lot of people listening all around the world on our app and everything is there anything you'd like to say you want to promote something or tell us what you're doing next because it's just great having you on the show <laughs> well i just i just want everybody to keep watching that uh racing on tv we don't uh, the next two weekends we're not uh sure where we're going we'll, we'll get that decided up tomorrow then we go out to Yuma, Arizona, and uh, 
Las Vegas, Nevada, and Springfield, Missouri for a deal Thanksgiving weekend for Thanksgiving. Uh, but get out to the races and uh, support them. Yeah, but tell you what, Kenny, we appreciate you coming on, and I still say that you would be a big draw at that thing at, at Bristol, and that's the whole <laughs> thing. And, and you could do it. You could win the race. But uh, well, I know you race all that stuff all the time, and you got the credentials, and, and these kids, they got simulators, but I don't know what they do on dirt because only real men can run on dirt. But uh, I'd love to uh, see you. I'd like to see you make a cameo appearance at Bristol, and uh, well, I think it would help the fans and the people on TV looking also. But uh, I would, I would love to drive one. I'm just not gonna go out and try to hustle up sponsorship to put something together. So, so we will definitely be watching when that race starts from somewhere. Well, we'll see what we can work up here at the radio station. Thanks for coming on, Kenny, and be careful driving through those West Virginia mountains. We appreciate so much right. having you on the show. Thanks for having us, guys. All right, thank you very much. That's Kenny Schrader, great guest. He's always fantastic, and and he's uh, he races the bike. He 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 reminds you kind of trickle was years ago. I mean, it races all the time. Well, whenever you go into another man's home track and you have to outrun that competition, about like him coming over here to Cherokee Speedway and trying to outrun, we got a guy over there named Jesse Rocket. Whenever you come in there and you have to outrun that hometown crowd that runs that racetrack week in and week out, and then he has to just come in there out of a blind side, kind of like he's talking about NASCAR does now, that them boys don't get no practice, but yet they have to come in there and just race. Well, he has to come in there the first time he's seen a racetrack probably last night, and he has to get out there and try to outrun them boys that race there every weekend. That's right. That's this got their cars dialed into that racetrack. Just for the record, he's 65 years old and uh, three years younger than me and a little bit older than you, Greg, and a whole lot older than Alan. So, uh, Wait a minute, not a whole lot. <laughs> he's been two years older than me. Really? Yeah, I'm 63. Fix me 64 here for low. Holy cow. Yeah. I will be in March. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, y'all are about the same age, and I'm the grand old man like I am just about everywhere I go. So, uh all right, we're going to take a break here. We're going to come back, and we're going to talk to Nelson Crozier. And you're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. Frank's for the Memories is a great hot dog place for lunch. Why Frank's for the Memories? Because hot dogs for the Memories just doesn't cut the mustard. Frank's for the Memories has more than great hot dogs. Enjoy a choice of four delicious bird dogs featuring a deep-fried chicken tender on a hot dog bun. Frank's for the Memories makes their homemade chili daily and has great signs like french fries, onion rings, and corn nuggets. Frank's for the Memories 468 Oak Grove Road next to Westview Elementary is open for lunch Monday through Saturday till 3.30 p.m. Frank's for the Memories. Get ready for a slam dunk during the Nissan Now Sales event at Greer Nissan. It's Markdown Madness. And you'll score big with huge savings and low payments on all your favorite Nissan models. Get in the zone in an all-new 2020 Nissan Sentra for only $129 per month. Take your pick. You can drive a 2020 Nissan Altima or Rogue for only $199 per month. Or score a new Titan pickup and save up to 30% off. Get big savings on our large selection of used vehicles, too. And if you need credit, come and get it. Bench those high payments and slam dunk on savings during the Nissan Now Sales event at Greer Nissan today. Low prices, big selection, and 
and committed to quality customer service. Come see us on Wade Hampton Boulevard or shop online at QueerNissan.com. Call 864-479-1197 for more details. Your complete car care center is Par 3 Automotive in Boiling Springs. Par 3 Automotive can take care of your vehicle in a hurry. Whether you need an oil change, new tires, alignments, or anything in between, they have you covered. When it's hot outside, let them check your air conditioning. They specialize in maintenance and repairs, big or small. If you need your oil change quickly, ask about their express oil change. Stop in at 1930 Boiling Springs Road or call for an appointment, 864-599-5900. As Par 3 Automotive, your complete car care center. Make Phillips and Long Fuel Chesney your source for propane in Spartanburg County. They offer propane for hot water heaters, cooking, and heat. They can fill your grill tank and get you ready for grilling season. Not only do they sell propane, but they sell a large variety of propane accessories such as grill tanks and other appliances that run on propane. If your propane tank is running low, call and they'll have it filled within one business day. Call them at 864-461-8511. That's Phillips and Long Fuel, located at 421 South Alabama Avenue in Chesney. It's easy to jump on the internet and search for financial information. But what happens when you run into conflicting articles and need to separate fact from fiction? That is where Trent Lancaster can help. Trent is an investment professional at Janie Montgomery Scott, located in the Spartanburg office, who will take the time to answer all of your investment questions. He can help you develop a personalized financial planning strategy with the flexibility to adapt to your changing needs. Trent can also help you with estate planning, setting up trusts, income for retirement, and legacy planning for the next generation. Call Trent today for a complimentary portfolio review by calling 864-585-8282. That's 864-585-8282. Or visit TrentLancaster.com. Janie Montgomery Scott, LLC, member FINRA, NYSE, and SIPC. The Dan Patrick Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on Spartanburg's Fox Sports 1400. Now on FM at 98.3. Nelson Crozier is trackside and ready to go. What's going on at this week's big race? Let's go live to Nelson now. Good morning, Nelson. How you doing, buddy? Oh, Joe, pretty good. Well, you sound good, and uh, I don't know about up there where you are, but it's a beautiful, crisp fall morning here. So we're all jacked up for racing today and football and everything, and I hope you are as well. So uh, it looks like uh, it looks like Ryan Briscoe might be the next big hot ticket. Boy, he has really showed him the way around Xfinity this year, uh, for the most part, and. Uh, Read in the paper this morning where uh, he's going to take over the 14 car. That's right. Well, what other changes you know, do you uh, are we having that, like, you know, there, there's still some seats that aren't filled yet, and uh, and I just wonder if you have any insight on those. Well, no, uh, you know, you know, we're still uh, open, you know, on Carl Larson, uh, you know, whether he's going to go in the five-car hundred or whether NASCAR's going to reinstate him. He has applied for reinstatement, but haven't heard any uh, word back from whether that's happened yet or not. Yeah, I know the uh, the five-car was a 
I think that was Rick Hendricks' first number when he had Jeff Bodine and got his first win. And uh, that number hadn't been around. I, I don't think it's been around since Kyle Busch drove for him. But uh, that's historically a, a number. And I guess I guess they'll be doing away with 88 because uh, Bowman is going from the 88 to the 48. That is correct. And, uh, you know, Bubba's going to be in the 23, and the team name is going to be a 23 SI at the SI, the Roman Rule for 11. And they've applied for a trademark on that. Oh, okay. Well, that's interesting. And now, will they be able to, since, since there's no... There's no testing like when they show up at the track for each race. You know, there used to always be off-season testing. I don't even know how much of that they do anymore. But how much opportunity will that team have or any other new team to get out and test? I mean, what would be the limitations on a new team? I think at one time you could go to a track that didn't hold a race, like uh, like Road Atlanta or uh, well, that road course well up in Virginia. Now. You know, they've got wind tunnel time, and they've got, uh, you know, all the uh, chassis testing and the simulators. That's pretty much right now the extent of it. Yeah, uh, Nelson, uh, I'm like you. It just uh, You got a, a lot of these tracks that uh, kind of hard to get around. Anyway, to make a long story short, I, I think the simulators was, was taught a lot of these young people to to, 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 you know, how to hit their marks and all this stuff. So, I mean, I, it's pretty bad when a computer got to show a guy how to do it, but they certainly all do it. And even uh, Paul Dollenbach said he freshened himself up a little bit uh, going up Pike's Peak. He had it on his little computer, and he said hitting his marks, it really does help. What's your thought on that? Got to be doing something right. Right. Well, you know, a lot of the drivers have their own simulator, but then they've got the uh, Chevrolet, Toyota, and Ford simulators, um, which are almost similar to what you do with the aircraft simulators. Well, you know, Paul Dallenbach said that simulation's fine, but it doesn't it doesn't give you the full effect unless you've got somebody standing behind you to hit you in the head with a baseball bat every <laughs> couple of minutes. <laughs> That's it. And... Uh, then the other thing, we've got Suarez going in the eight, uh, into the 99 car with Justin Marks and Ty Norris. Yeah, now Ty Norris, I'm, where have I heard that name before? He's been around, uh, wasn't he, was he with Toyota when they first started? Well, no, uh, he was with Toyota, but he was with uh, you know, Dale Earnhardt uh, you know, for a while. Yeah, and then, he of course, Winston for uh, a long you mentioned time. Toyota deal. Uh, you know, we had a couple of safety deals there, you know, where they had, uh, you know, the car spin, you know, makes the championship. Uh, he's been around quite a while. What were you saying, Greg? Yeah, uh, Ty Norris, didn't he, didn't he used to be one of the guys with Winston? He used to always carry us and you and all of us out to eat and stuff about four or five times a year or something. I mean, I was thinking he had something to do with Winston for a long time. He did, yes. Yeah, I, I know. I know they got kind of a controversial deal up there at uh, Richmond with a kind of a spin out. Yeah, and then that uh, the one other one is you have Justin Marks uh, with Team Crash House, uh, and then we're going to have Suarez as a driver, 
and that'll be in alliance with uh, Richard Sturgis Racing. Something else I read the other day um, about Jimmy Johnson. Now, he signed, I think, a two-year deal to run with Chip Ganassi only on the road and street circuits of um, IndyCar. But they also had left open uh, the possibility of him running some uh, cup races. That is correct. Well, he, must, he must be doing good now. Uh, Jimmy Johnson, he looks good and healthy and everything. He must be doing real good with overcoming the, uh, you know, the COVID, the flu stuff. So, you know, he's won a lot of championships. That don't happen by accident. I like to see him still out there running because I think he's still got some good in him. And, uh, you know, I think that's great. And the uh, Virginia government has, has allowed a whopping... 1,000 fans to attend the race in Martinsville. 1,000? 1,000. Okay, right. well, that's, uh, they won't have to buy as many hot dogs to sell, I guess. 1,000 people. Uh, that's all they're going to let in Martinsville? That's what he said. 1,000 people. Well, Man, we, we got to send Greg up there, and if everybody of those 1,000 ain't like Greg did, uh, you know, they have to have a lot of them. I mean, they really would. Nelson, uh, I'm sorry, go ahead, Greg. Well, Nelson always said I broke the record. Well, I, I think I did hold a record because I wasn't doing nothing else. So, I mean, I, might, I just walk over there and see what was going on with a car. And if everything's all right, I wouldn't say nothing. And because uh, usually the car was in pretty good shape, Martin. So I just ate hot dogs. I think I ate nine one time. Over the weekend or one, one... one day? First day of practice. <laughs> I think all I've done is torque the lugs on, on the car when we changed tire, uh, tires about three times. And other than that, I was hanging around there, my buddy there with Jesse Jones' hot dog. And there was a gray-headed fellow there all the time. He knew everybody in the pits. And uh, that's a good old hot dog. Must have been. Nelson, that was pretty entertaining last week at the Roval with, uh, of course, we talked about racing in the water. But the Sunday race... Uh, Chase Elliott seems to know his way around that. that I know that's two wins for him there, and uh, I don't. I don't know. What do you think? I mean, I, 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 he looks like he might be the dark horse to take the whole thing. I don't know if he's a dark horse. I mean, he's doing great right now after what I thought was some bonehead moves, like in the Southern Five Hundred when he went down to test another lane, and as far as I'm concerned, cost himself the race. But uh, um, who looks hot and good to you right now? It looks like Harvick has cooled off a little bit. Yeah, I think I'll still take off for today, but uh, the 11 car and the 9 car uh, are probably the two uh, choices. Yeah, well, okay, we got, uh, you know, Alan is sitting over here next to the whiteboard, and he's he's had a four next to your name for about three weeks now, and he, every time you say Harvick, he sort of chuckles. Ronnie's got a Truex again. I'm sticking with uh, Chase Elliott. Greg, you going to stick with uh, Kyle Busch in case he finally wins the race? I need to win a race. I've I, I, I normally done good, and I ain't even done nothing this year. Well, but are you staying with 18? You might well. Okay. I don't think he's got to have drive. He's just kind of snake bit, I think. All right. Lanny's got uh, Logano. Allen looks like he's sticking with Keselowski, who I used to fight for with Nelson, but we both moved, moved off of him. And Jada's got Hamlin. Um so, uh, so what can we expect today at Kansas? That's a two thirty start, and uh, that was a wacky, wild race last night. But it's like Alan said earlier, when uh, Briscoe bolted on four tires there at the end, he was gone. 
Oh, I think he's going to be very interesting with the cool weather. Uh, you're not going to have quite the tire grip, so it'll be interesting. Yeah, I think it will, too. Well, um, Nelson, you have always uh, helped us with the innovations and telling about the new things that are coming up and explaining the old things to us. What do you got? Um, what's on your mind as far as the way that... Uh, what they've done this year with, uh, you know, we were talking earlier about when that car turned over last night and how long it took to get it back upright, you know, and uh, if they were, if the driver was really in any kind of distress or there was a fire, you know, I, those cars are safe, all right, but it just seems to be that when they're upside down, there's a problem. Well, being upside down is not necessarily the problem. It's when they got airborne uh, that's uh, concern. Remember Daytona one time, Cecil Gordon said almost an entire length of the back just on his roof. And he got out unheard, not not even worried. Yeah, and those cars, I mean, compared to today, you, you know, they got no, they, they got practically no uh, safety at all, except maybe a net, but um, with the new, with the seats they've got now and and everything, I don't know, it just concerns me um, that uh, it just, it's a long extrication process when one turns over uh, and, and and stays upside down with a rubber pointed the wrong way. Well, Nelson, uh, great hearing from you. You got anything you want to close us out with in the, the, this morning? Um, well, the one driver we didn't mention is uh, his home track is Fred Boyer. Right. And he, he normally runs pretty good there as well. Yeah, I'm surprised no nobody picked him, but uh, he's. Uh, I read about him in the Spartanburg paper this morning. A little art, article they had in there, and he doesn't seem to have any regrets. Um, I think he's satisfied with his career. He didn't. He didn't particularly want to go out this way, but sounded like he said 2020 was so screwed up, and Fox gave him an offer that he just could not refuse, and um, so he figured now's the time, and. Uh, from what I read, Chase Briscoe will be going in the 14 car. Right. I think I put it, oh, one other thing we didn't mention, uh, unrelated to the cup car, is Helen Deegan will be full-time in a Craftsman uh, truck next year. Okay, and she's uh, coming over from ARCA, Hallie Deegan, and she's, um, in fact, uh, uh She's doing it tickle me a couple of weeks ago. It tickled Alan and I when she said something about uh, these new guys uh, that uh, don't have the experience and everything. And I'm thinking, good Lord, you haven't been out there about 20 minutes yourself. But, you know, she um, she was having sort of a feud there, it looked like, with Drew Dollar in, uh, in the ARCA series. But, you know, welcome to her. More power to her. Um, heck, I got no problem at all with seeing a, a lady win a race. It's been a while, but, you know, she's... She seems to be pretty tough, so we'll see what she's got. Okay, we'll talk to you next week. Okay, thank, thank you, you very much, uh, Nelson. You sound great, and we'll talk to you next week. Boy, Nelson Crozier, what is he? Uh, smartest man I know. Smartest man I know, too. we got about three and a half minutes here. He's um, on about everything. I mean, he knows everything from electronics to what went on the racetrack to what NASCAR done right and wrong, uh, pioneered so much stuff. Uh, I just, I just hope he definitely needs to be put in the Hall of Fame under a special deal, you know, as, as, as an innovator or something. Now I think they will, but uh, Nelson's pretty slick. 
he is the smartest guy I ever bumped into. <laughs> but if, between him and my brother, Brenny, they're both geniuses. That's the reason I just caught on to a little bit of that stuff. That and all the Ford Motor Company's engineers, so I had some good teachers. I wish more of it had rubbed off, but some of it did. Who's it? Didn't we have a genius on last week, too? Who were we talking about last week that we sort of compared to Nelson? Will Cronkite. Will Cronkite. Oh, Will Cronkite. I started his book. Um, I started reading it about Tuesday night, and, you know, I'm just now getting to the racing part because I had to... Actually, there was a little of it. It was kind of interesting. Um, you got to trudge through about five chapters on his childhood, you know, growing up on the farm and stuff like that, which is interesting. I mean, you know, it's not not what I would buy the book for. But um, I finally got to the part where I didn't realize it, that he uh, actually got his start. He was fascinated with the Cobra of Carol Shelby, and he drove all the way down straight through from uh, Michigan to uh, Sebring. And he sort of walked into the shop there where they were, the barn or the hangar or whatever it was there at Sebring where they were working on uh, Kid Miles' car. Of course, if you watch Ford versus Ferrari, you know all these people. And uh, right off the bat was hanging out with Ken Miles and they gave him a broom and some stuff to do and... Uh, it, it's getting interesting. It, it's not a bad book. Um, Alan, you look like you had something to say there for a second. Well, I got a picture here that my brother sent me of him. He's standing there beside Cecil Gordon with the wind that they had. Yeah. And that's Will holding that trophy right there. And he got the helmet, too. Yeah. Well, and that's old Cecil Flash Gordon in the middle. Yep. Yeah. That's, what was that? Uh, uh, Hickory or someplace? Let me say that thing. Uh, I forgot. Now, uh, the one race that they had... Somewhere. Oh, was that that, that Independence race? Yeah, independence that was race. at, um, oh, God, dog it. Um, I know where that was. I'll come up with it in a minute because uh, Raymond Williams sort of put the thing on. He was uh, he was behind it, and when he got done with it, he was pretty much told, don't come back to NASCAR. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Rougemont. Rougemont. Rougemont, North Carolina. I knew it'd come to me in a minute. Well, we're just about done with the top of the uh, to the top of the hour when we'll be uh, coming back on the other side with uh, Dale Sales, who is a friend of Greg's and a car um, restorer and is big into the Trans Am series. Um, can't wait to talk to him. We'll have our results. We'll have uh, whatever um, Alan's got as far as the local results and schedule and it's winding down pretty quickly here as the leaves start falling off the trees but we'll be right back you're listening to start your engines Football is Fox Sports 1400 WSPG Spartan now on FM at 98.3 Okay Let's go Let's go from the top Let's go Shahed 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 before we head it to the NFL on Fox, you know we've got to kick it off first. Let's go! This is Fox NFL Kickoff. Buckle them up! Your Fox NFL Kickoff is right now. Yes, 
coach, four and one. Yep, Chicago's yep. going crazy for the first time since 2012 as they pay a visit to the Panthers. Mm. And this year's number one pick is proving the Bengals made the right decision. Joe Burrow is ready to take on a tough assignment against the stiff Colts defense. Week six, everyone is here. This is Fox NFL kickoff. Result: The final stage of a rigorous process. This is where you lift all them. This is where you do all that. Sometimes it's all we see. Preparation can be an obsession. We'll open the game through this matchup. Frank's for the Memories is a great hot dog place for lunch. Why Frank's for the Memories? Because hot dogs for the Memories just doesn't cut the mustard. Frank's for the Memories has more than great hot dogs. Enjoy a choice of four delicious bird dogs featuring a deep-fried chicken tender on a hot dog bun. Frank's for the Memories makes their homemade chili daily and has great signs like french fries, onion rings, and corn nuggets. Frank's for the Memories 468 Oak Grove Road next to Westview Elementary is open for lunch Monday through Saturday till 3.30 p.m. Frank's for the Memories. Business owners, have product or material you need moved, shipped, stored? Upstate Logistics in Spartanburg has the expertise in transportation and warehousing you're looking for in Spartanburg County and beyond. For over a decade, Upstate Logistics has provided businesses with storage and logistics services, including inbound and outbound rail shipments. Upstate Logistics, proud to be a part of our community, serving Spartanburg County and beyond since 2005. Upstate Logistics, keeping your business and inventory moving forward. To find out more, visit UpstateLogistics.com. That's UpstateLogistics.com. Speedy Lube and Inman says to save time is to lengthen life for you and your car. Let Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway, and Inman lengthen the life and performance of your vehicle. Speedy Lube offers professional ASC certified mechanical service for your car. Be it an oil change, AC work, tires, brakes, front end, or any type of major or minor repair. Trust Speedy Lube in Inman. Open weekdays from 8 till 6. For fast, fair, and friendly service, visit Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman. Throughout your life, you've worked hard to accumulate assets, to build wealth, and to provide for your family. You've built a comfortable life full of shared memories and experiences. Providing and protecting your loved ones is never more critical than when you aren't there to do so. While having a will is important, it's not the only way. That is why developing an estate plan can be the best thing you will ever do for them. Working with our estate planning experts, Trent Lancaster in the Spartanburg office of Janie Montgomery Scott can help you to design Design a customized estate plan that can protect and preserve your assets for the next generation. The sooner you begin, the sooner you can be at ease knowing that your loved ones will be provided for as you intended. Contact Trent today to discuss your estate planning needs by calling 864-585-8282. That's 864-585-8282. Or visit TrentLancaster.com. Janie Montgomery Scott, LLC, member FINRA, NYSE, and SIPC. From the Beacon Drive-In Studios in Spartanburg, South Carolina, Fox Sports 1498.3 FM presents Start Your Engine. 20 years of trying, 20 years of frustration. Dale Earnhardt will come to the caution flag to win the Daytona 500. Here is your racing team for today. Show producer Ronnie Black. Local action from winning car builder and owner Alan Hill. Track reporter and racing insider Nelson Crozier. Former NASCAR team manager and author Greg Moore. Now, here's your host for Start Your Engines, racing historian and author, Harry Allen Wood. Gentlemen, start your engines! Good 
Good morning and welcome back to the second hour of Start Your Engines on Fox Sports 1400 AM and 98.3 FM. And it's my pleasure to welcome to the show uh, Dale Sales. Good morning, Dale. Good morning, Perry. How are you today, sir? We're doing real good. Uh, great to have you on the show. Thank you. Did you got Greg there with you? Greg is right here. Go, Greg. Yeah, I'm. I'm right here. Uh, uh, Good morning, my friend. You sound a little bit faint. Does he sound good? Okay, on y'all's, or maybe I just got well, I, I, something's something's uh, breaking up, like in between. Uh, it's like we're getting something. It's not static. It's just like a. Yeah. 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 Well, you, but anyway. Okay. Is this would this be better? That That's is better. a lot That's better. That's a whole lot better. <laughs> thank you, thank you, Dale. But uh, okay. No, Dale's a good friend of mine, and and he is he restores cars. He's raced historical Trans Am. Uh, been a friend of mine for a long time. Uh, last time he come up here, and he was showing me and me and our buddy Larry uh, a, a all aluminum Shelby bodied car. Is fooling. I mean, he fools with some pretty exotic stuff. I mean, he, he uh, yeah. Actually, that was uh, a home and booty Falcon, and I don't know if Perry knows of this car or not. But Home and Moody built three Falcons back in 1962, and they were called the Challenger program. They built three Challenger one, two, and three. I vaguely remember and, that. Yes, and Challenger three. Uh, was the one that they actually took three inches out of the side of it. You know, they dropped the car down three inches. Uh, they put an aluminum hood on, aluminum doors on it, at least the skin's aluminum. Then they put an aluminum roof with a fastback. And uh, quite a unique car. If you just type in Fastback Falcon sometime on Google, you'll see pictures of it. It is one of one Challenger 3 program, which had three cars. One was a uh, stock body car that Homer Booty did some modifications to here. The second one never really got raced, but it had the three inches chopped out the side of it. And then Challenger 3 was the one that... Uh, the, the reason the cars were built, and I'm sure a lot of people have seen that uh, Ford versus Ferrari movie. Yes, we were just talking about it. Well, just prior to uh, when Ford picked up Shelby uh, for that program, which was to go the Ferrari GT program is what it started as. Uh, Holman Moody was in the fix on that, and this was the car that they took to Nassau, which is down in the Bahamas, which is an international race, and they raced against uh, Carroll Shelby and the Cobras and against the Ferraris and did quite well with it. Matter of fact, from... What I understand, they won the heat race, but Marvin Panch was the driver, and I know y'all know that name. Oh, Marvin's Oh, used, yeah. He used to come on the show all the time. Great gentleman. Yes. Well, he was the one that drove that car at that race. Well, of course, to race in the GT class, you had to have 500 cars, you know, produced in production, so it's a production-based car, 500 cars produced. Well... <laughs> there was one Falcon fastback. So they're about 499 and, uh, cars short. <laughs> yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir. Well, Carol Shelby's sitting over there with Cobras, and guess what? They've been produced. So the decision to go to the Cobras was the good, uh, good way to go. Uh, after that, this car went back to Ford and then got sold to a uh, 
uh, an engineer, a Ford engineer. And, uh, of course, I'm on the radio, so I can't think of his name. But uh, Happens to me constantly. Yeah, yeah. Age, age is not a good thing. But uh, uh, he's the one that ended up with that Shelby that just sold for 3 or $4 million that uh, they sold at auction. He, he had that car and sold it, you know, in the meantime. But uh, quite a unique car, probably one of the most amazing <clears throat> cars that I've ever seen to build on. I mean, it is just incredible. Uh, as, as technical as the Bud Moore cars were, the, the bosses, yeah. this car has had more done to it because of the way it was sliced down the side. It's just an amazing amount of work. Now, did you say but, you have uh, yeah. you, you have this car? Yes, this car is sitting in my shop. Wow! If you want to see pictures of it, you can go to dalesale dot com d a l e s a l e dot com and uh, click on the link. It's in the red stripe, and it says Challenger Three. And the neat thing about the car, it is one hundred percent there. Never been wrecked. Uh, never been molested. And uh, all I got to do is finish putting it back together. But the whole COVID thing kind of screwed me up. And, uh, you know, I also do things that are part of emergency response. And so I've been doing that more than I have been working on the car. But I hope to get back on here real soon to get it completed. Yeah, Dale, uh, uh, about what time did you get in history? Did you get involved? Uh, I know you had one of the Parnelli cars that, uh, that, that we built. And uh, yeah. you had one of the better ones. How did that kind of come about? And I know uh, if they get on your website and they say, you driving the car. I mean, going around the racetrack, and I mean, uh, getting it pretty good, too. Well, oh, yeah. Actually, I don't have anything on my website of that. But uh, I actually got involved with that program in 1982. And uh, I had been, okay, my first car, 1972, was a Plymouth Superbird. So go figure. I like NASCAR, huh? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, uh, in doing that, I had that car until 1979. I drove every day. No air conditioning. I live in Alabama. Hot. But love that. Like, that made me a NASCAR fan. And, uh, Lord, I went and bought myself a brand new 79 Cougar. Sold to Plymouth. Got married. And I couldn't stand it. I didn't have a toy. You know, nothing to go out hot rodding with. So I started looking for a car. And I ended up with a 67 Shelby GT500. <laughs> my wife one. says, oh, yeah, my wife says, I can't drive that car. It's got too much motor. I said, baby, it's just all of how far you push the gas pedal down. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> she loved it, too. And uh, that got me involved in Mustangs, of which I ended up involved with Chuck Gutby in Cover Restores, which Chuck has passed now. But, uh, you know, he was the Cover Restores. Actually, he was in Marietta and moved to Kennesaw. And uh, he got me with that car at Room Atlanta, you know, just for laps. And uh, at that point, I was hooked on road racing, too. And... Several years later, I had gone through a 66 Shelby, a 65 Shelby, a 69 Shelby, and I had a 
couple of Panteras in the meantime, but I had one of the Panteras advertised. And a gentleman by the name of George Gunlock uh, called me about the Pantera, and we got to talking. Now, at this point, I am already looking for a race car so I can go to Road Atlanta again, right? And, you know, we're talking about Panteras and this and that. And he says, yeah, matter of fact, you know, I used to race one of the old Bud Moore cars and blah, 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 blah. Told me some of the history of it. He says, yeah, and the guy that got it, which was the owner the whole time, Vince Sandwich, he says, yeah, matter of fact, Vince still has the car. He's been trying to sell it for several years. Now, this is 1982, and I had to sell another car that I had before I had the money to go buy it. Took about three or four months to get rid of it. We went up to Akron, Ohio, and literally pulled the car out of a barn. The boxes of stuff that was in it or with it were literally full of straw. And uh, me and a good friend of mine, Clay Holland, went and looked at it. We're sitting there looking at the car. I have no way of knowing if it's a Bud Moore car. Because, you know, the the information on it back then was not even out there. (laughs) And we just looked at the car and said, well, you know what? It's really well built. It's a really nice car, and it's got eight mini lights, got two transmissions, five rear ends. Shoot, all that's worth $5,000. Let's take it. Brought it home. Got to doing research on the VIN number and so forth, and lo and behold, it is one of Parnelli's cars, or Bud Moore cars. We're talking to and Dale. Uh, we, Let me just identify you. We're talking okay. to Dale Sales here, and Dale, how do I identify you as a car restorer or... I know you wear a lot of different hats. Um, is that good enough? Car restoration specialist? Uh, Historic driver? Well, actually, what, what I do for a living is I uh, am a dealer for uh, covered wagon trailers. Oh, yeah. I, I, you and, know, I, I just pulled up your website to look at the uh, the Fastback Falcon, and that's a heck of a looking car. Oh, yeah. that's Like I said, you can if you look at pictures of that, and you look in at pictures of the inside of the taillight, you see all the little bitty welds where they pulled that car down, and then they had to make the taillight smaller. Yeah, yeah I know And this car is in the Holman Moody book. I, I didn't mean to interrupt you, because I want you to finish the Bud Moore story, but I just want our listeners to know who we're talking to. No, okay, okay. So you can continue. Uh, you, you've identified it as uh, a Parnelli okay. car. Yes, and as time went on... Uh, we figured out that it's the car that ran all but the last two races with Parnelli driving in the 70 Trans Am series. It also raced after St. Joe Beat. It was built after the, you know so many cars were wrecked. It was built and put in, into use after St. Joe Beat in 69. And it's supposedly the only car that ran both the 69 and the 70 season. So, That'd you know, be right. and, and it actually was considered to be the fastest car. And as a matter of fact, Pernelli always had better times in it than he did in the backup car. And, of course, George always raced his same car. And uh, so it was really, back then, probably considered the fastest of all the Trans Am cars. Yeah, sure. Probably wasn't. I, I was surprised. I know we've talked time and time again. I remember when you brought the, 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 the Fastback Fairlane up there to uh, Applebee's with was, was Everybody was ooh and ah yeah. over that, but I didn't know he ever fooled with any Panteras. I know we we had a deal worked out with Di Tommaso, and I 
originally they had ordered 500 uh, blueprinted 351s, but I think we seemed to me like we wound up building about 75 of them because it was a bed engine car, and it was uh, yeah, and they they we built some motors for them, and they had about 510 horsepower. Uh, but wow, that was a lot back then. It, yeah, it, well, it was. Well, it, it was the 351 too. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, versus 302, but uh, yeah, that's pretty good bit of stuff, but I didn't know if you ever run into one of them. I guess when they put those uh, uh, put those basic motors in them, they were selling them as, uh, obviously, you know, for for a bigger price tag, but it was really kind of oh, a neat, neat car because it's mid-engine, and uh, I guess you run it around. They, they, they... Yeah, go ahead, Dale. I would say they're really unique cars. I never really have understood why they haven't gone up in value like a lot of the other ones because uh, they're pretty much exotic cars, is you know what you'd have to call them. I mean, the Corvette is just now getting a bit engine, and Ford was going to make that their Corvette competition, and it just didn't work out. Of course, that's the same time that all the gas, you know, all the gas crisis happened, and it basically put that project on hold. But, uh, yeah, tell you one thing, there ain't nothing like out there like that Budmore car. I mean, that was just one of the most incredible driving cars. I've driven several of the cars since then, and nothing holds a candle to the way that car handled. Do you still have that car? No. I actually sold that car in 1996, and it went to a gentleman that actually lived in Canada, but the car always stayed in and then he sold it, I guess it's about four or five years ago now, to Bill Ockerlin, which you've had on your show. That's the car that I used to have. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And it, uh, I think you used to tell him in Larry's story about when you got the car and you had done run it and run fast with it and done everything else and he was getting ready to work on another project and he wound up selling it and getting good money, but come find out somebody sold it again after you and made a whole lot of money. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, but, I, I mean, you still I got a good price for it. Those are oh, some yeah. pretty I bought the car for $5,000 with spares. And uh, I sold it for 130 I bought it in 82 and sold it in 96 And the main reason I sold it is because my third child was born and uh, my wife says she's going to quit work so she can take care of three kids. And, you know, something had to give, and it was the race car. That and, happens uh, a lot, I understand. Uh, yeah. It does, don't it? That's yeah. good, Perry. Them dadgum kids. Yep. Well, it's not necessarily a race car, but it might have been your baby-type car, you know? Right. Your, your Shelby or a Corvette or whatever you might have. Mine mine just happened to be a 60, I mean, 69 and 70 Boss 302 Trans Am Championship car. Built by a bunch more. Mm. What are you working on now? Anything in particular? Uh, mostly the Falcon. Uh, I've also got a Paul Canary 64 Corvette that uh, I never have time to work on either. When I'm 64. Maybe when I'm 65, I can retire and actually work on my toys again. But uh, now my next project is to finish Challenger 30. And it will be up for sale. 
Well, anyway, Dale, tell us. Yeah. Uh, I know you got you and your your, your your main guy that works for you, super nice guy, but y'all got some pretty good connections in the rock and roll world. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Oh, that's Justin Tila. That's my son-in-law. And, uh, yeah, I uh, I gave him my daughter with a no-return slip. <laughs> <laughs> I said, no refunds, no returns. And it coincidentally, it worked out that he went to work for me. And uh, funny story there, uh, my daughter walked into, you know, when they were dating, went over and met his daddy, and walked into his bedroom, and guess what's hanging on the wall? A 1970 Parnelli Jones poster. And she looks at it and points to it and says, that's my daddy's car. And, of course, Justin says, oh, no, honey, that's Bud Moore, Parnelli Jones. She says, no, that's my daddy's car. Well, about that time, his father walked in and she says, that's my daddy's car. Oh, no, son, her darling, that's that's Bud Moore, Parnelli Jones' car. She said, no, that's my daddy's car. About a week later, he came over to the house. Now, I'd already sold the car by this time. Uh, a week later, he comes over, and she starts you know, showing him pictures <laughs> after picture <laughs> after picture. And he says, well, maybe that was your daddy's car. No, maybe, but, too. Uh, he, yeah, he is a uh, accomplished musician, uh, plays just even people that can play any instrument kind of a thing. And it just really makes you mad sometimes. Yes. Because Greg plays the guitar, I know, but... I tried it when I was a kid. I couldn't even hardly took a string out of it, so I gave up on it. But yeah, he uh, he has been around quite a few people. I think he got. Matter of fact, I know he's got actual roads in his telephone. Yeah. So you know, he's been around. He uh, he had a band. They had a actually were offered a contract, and one of the band members decided not to do it. He wanted to get married. Duh. <laughs> Children <laughs> and marriage is getting in the way of. Good things. <laughs> Dale, we're yes, up against yes. a break, and uh, we'd love to talk to you. Maybe we can have you back on again, certainly uh, next season. But uh, in the last couple of seconds Greg, here, get, give us a uh, promote I'd, something. Tell I'd us, love, promote I'd your love to business. Tell you about Red Farmer. Red Farmer turned 88 on Thursday, and I put up a GoFundMe page. If you type in Red Farmer, we're going to restore, sit around his shop talking to him, and he talks about getting a tribute car to the car that he rolled. 19 times at Daytona to 72 Torino. Actually, I think it was 69 or 72. And uh, I said, well, you know, uh, he says, I'm going to build it out of that chassis right there. And he says, oh, there's the original chassis. And I mean, this, all there is is the roll cage. But better cars have been built with less. So we're going to try to do a GoFundMe page because Red's not going to quit racing. 88 years old. You want to see him race, go to Talladega on a Saturday night. Yeah, uh, but, uh, Bobby Allison seems to think he's in his 90s. He had the math figured out one time, and then we all came to the conclusion that nobody knows how old he is, including Red. We we had him on the show back during the summer right, right after he got uh, into the Hall of Fame. So, uh, Yeah. but uh, I don't know if Red actually knows, but he claims last Thursday was his birthday and he was 88. Okay, well, we'll, we'll take his word for it. Dale, we got to let you go, but thank you so much for coming on. Yep. Dale, well, let us know. Call back to Spartanburg pretty quick, and and next time up this way, and uh, Perry be up there, and uh, anyway, we, we need to get together because, like I say, we, we we got a lot of cool yeah. things to talk about. And you well, gotta... maybe maybe I can get back together with you and update on what's going on with uh, Red's Torino. We'd love to hear Look about up it. Red Farmer. 
look up Red Farmer Daytona crash on YouTube. It's a bad one. Yeah. yeah. Give us your website so everybody say you go around the racetrack with, with the 15 car. DaleSale.com. D-A-L-E-S-A-L-E.com. Dale, thanks for coming on the show. It's great having you. That was a that was a quick uh, 25 minutes, so appreciate it very much. Uh, well, I got one more question for you. Alabama or Auburn? Which one? Which which you are you? Oh, I always got to go with uh, my home state, Alabama. Okay, well, I, good. I love Auburn too, but in my opinion of it, it's whoever has the opportunity to be number one. That's the one I'd really like to see win. Well, right now my favorite's Auburn because my Gamecocks beat them yesterday. Finally, for the first <laughs> from the first for the first time since Hitler was in power. That's what way my daughter put it. So, thank you, Dale. Thanks for coming on the show, and we appreciate it very much. Thank you, Greg. Thank you, Terry. All right, thank you. And that's Dale Sales. That was a good interview, Greg. We uh, have to have him back. And uh, oh, he's sharp. Don't you ever meet him at Applebee's without? I want to see that. I don't. He had that Falcon at Applebee's. Yeah, he brought the Falcon up there. I wish I'd have seen that. And uh, whenever him and his, his uh, son-in-law comes by, uh, he'll let me know. And he, he's always got something he's working on. Wow. Uh, and uh, he's just he's a super nice guy, and he and he really loves Bud Moore Trans Am Mustangs, and I do too. So, <laughs> so uh, but he's he, he's certainly a car enthusiast. And uh, yeah, put it up there. He goes. He carries around the racetrack pretty good. For them historical races. All right. We're going to take our uh, next break and turn it over to Alan, see what's going on locally. You're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. There's no points racing here. Greg, Perry, Ronnie, and Nelson are racing to win. You're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports 1498.3 FM. For years now, we've been telling you about Palmetto Spirit's tremendous wine selection. We've told you about Palmetto Spirit's carrying special, small-batch, handcrafted bourbons and whiskeys that you can't find anywhere else. But what truly sets Palmetto Spirit's apart is their customer service. Jim and the entire staff knows wines and liquors and knows how to find you the perfect bottle for the perfect occasion. Palmetto Spirit's. Reedville Road on Spartanburg's West Side, where customer service is the difference. Said no one ever. I love waking up to cold cereal. Nothing satisfies like dry granola. No. Here we say good morning with sizzling sausage. Biscuits baked to perfection. The enticing aroma wafting from your freshly prepared breakfast. So make your morning easy and mix and match a sausage McMuffin, sausage biscuit, or hash browns. Any two for just $2. It's McDonald's Easy on the Go Breakfast. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Combo meal, single item at regular price. Value and product served. Spartanburg has been known as the hub city for decades due to our proximity to rail lines and interstate highways. Upstate Logistics has been part of the hub city transportation scene for over a decade. Upstate Logistics provides businesses with warehousing and transportation services, including inbound and outbound rail shipments. And more importantly, we support Spartanburg. Be it high school and college sports or important community projects, Upstate Logistics wants to help move Spartanburg forward. Upstate Logistics keeps your business and Spartanburg moving forward. To find out more, visit UpstateLogistics.com. Oh my God, did you see that play? You hate to get a message like that. Don't miss another second of what's breaking in the world of sports. The Dan Patrick Show. It's a different storyline every day. Weekdays at 9 on Spartanburg's Fox Sports 1400. Now on FM at 98.3. 
And welcome back to Start Your Engines on a beautiful Sunday morning. We ran a little over with Dale Sells, but that's okay. He had some good information. So, Alan, you go. All righty. We're going to start off over here with Travis Rest Speedway. Travis Rest had their Street Stock Classic. Last year, it's called the Thunder Bomber Classic, but uh, three-day show. They had uh, practice on Thursday night, had qualifying on Friday night, and then they had the main race on Saturday night. Saturday night over there, they had uh, three divisions racing, but had six races total. So we're going to start off with the front-wheel drive class. Front-wheel drive, first place went to Ricky Holcomb. Second went to J.B. Moser. Third went to Trent Blackwell. Fourth went to Wayne Coward. Fifth went to Ricky Hill. And uh, Thunder Bomber non-qualifier race. First place went to Josh Ayers. Second place went to Hayden Atkins. Third went to Mark Towell. Fourth went to Joe Anders. Fifth went to Charlie Menders. And the Thunder Bomber Future B features. Uh, first place went to Dustin Mars. Second place went to Dwight Smith. Third went to Greg Carroll. Fourth went to Mark Towell. Fifth went to Hayden Atkins. And the Thunder Bomber Fute main race. This paid $4,000 to win. First place went to Blake Bentley. Second went to Preston Dimsdale. Third went to Shane McDaniel. Fourth went to Benji Knight. Fifth went to Jonathan Henson. And now we get down to our main cars. First, we're going to go for the the first eight cars that qualified. Went for a fast dash for cash race. I think it paid about $800 for this. And the pole winner of the main event, Andy Stewart. He led every lap of this dash for cash. Won it. Second went to Dwayne Estes. Third went to Ricky Green. Fourth went to Blake Pryor. Fifth went to Caleb Laughlin. And now the main event, which was a 50-lap race. First went to Dwayne Estes. Second went to Ricky Green. Third went to Brake Pryor. Fourth went to Tyler Love. Fifth went to Dalton Peavy. If you'll listen to them guys, the Dash for Cash boys just moved over to the main event. Kind of led every lap over there in it, too. Mm. That's usually the way it goes on there. That's... Uh, about the only race we had going because uh, these boys is getting down to where they're having big three-day event races, and each racetrack kind of respects the other. So uh only next race we got coming up is going to be at Harris Speedway. Okay. Harris Speedway is going to have their Chuck Sparks Memorial Race coming up on October 22nd. We're going to have an open practice date. That's on Thursday. Then on Friday, October 23rd. We're going to have uh, qualifying for the main event. Qualifying, the top six will move on. And uh, also in this deal, we're going to have a Young Guns, $500 to win. Thunder Bomber Future, $500 to win. Front Wheel Drive Stock, $1,000 to win. The 602 Late Models with $1,000 to win. So there will be some racing going on. But the qualifying of the top six is going to be Crate Sportsman, Thunder Bomber, Pure Stock, and the Renegade Slash 8. And then on Saturday, October 24th, gates will open at 3 o'clock. Uh, on schedules there, Crate Sportsman, $1,200 to win. Front Wheel Drive, $1,000 to win. Renegade Stock 8, $1,500 to win. The Blue Ridge Outlaws will show up on Saturday night. They'll pay $1,500 to win. Pure stocks going to pay $1,200 and a run, what's your run class? $1,000. You can get a three-day pass for $75. And 
and a grandstand pie two-day pies for $30. And uh, if you ain't been to Harris here lately, then boys have done a lot of improvements to that racetrack up there. It's looking real good. Glad to see these boys. Uh, this is their first year, full, first full year yeah. of running that racetrack, even though we've had this COVID deal going on. And, uh, you know, it's kind of a tough year to be uh, starting out as brand-new track promoters. Right. And having to put up this COVID deal coming out to start with. And uh, glad to see that them boys is really turning that racetrack around, doing a lot of improvements. And uh, just wish that there would have been just a regular a year mm-hmm. to where we could have seen what all they could have actually done that racetrack up there. And uh, like I said, these racetracks is getting down to the end of it. Uh, everybody knows that when you go to Harris this time of year, we got up there last year and uh, rang the main event up there, which they had us in the schedule for limited sportsmen up there. Fog rolled in off the Broad River over there, and we had to stop the race because we couldn't see because of fog. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they had to stop the cars on the front straightaway, and they said they come over the radios announcing things, and said, I'll oh, just give it about 15 minutes, and it'll blow the fog on out of here, and we'll go back to racing, boys. Did it? It did. <laughs> but the track was a little bit slipper, I mean, because of the moisture that fell on the racetrack. It kind of changed up a racetrack a little bit. Well, I don't know if you could have probably a much prettier setting than Harris would be at this time of the year with the leaves changing and everything. So, uh, um, It is a pretty drive up there to Harris. It is. And uh, so 2021, they'll get a, hopefully a chance to show what they can do and, um, and everybody can. Let's get this pandemic under control and uh, get down to some a little bit of normalcy. We're going to take our next break right now. Before we do, I want to thank Lanny McKinney for uh, maintaining our website and staying in contact with us to make sure I've got all the right buttons pushed. I know when we got started this morning, he said we weren't streaming, but we uh, we got it straightened out. But Larry uh, Lanny, sorry, maintains the Budmore website and our Facebook page, and he tries to keep it up to date with um, who's coming on the show and who's been on the show and he's got all our podcasts out there so uh, if you want to listen to any of the past shows just uh, go to where you get your podcast and just search for Start Your Engines and we pop right up and you can listen to you know this is our 110th show we go all the way back to 2018 so we've been around a long time now and maybe we'll do it another year but uh, we're going to take a last break right now and come back and See how long I can talk before I have to cough. You're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. It's easy to jump on the internet and search for financial information. But what happens when you run into conflicting articles and need to separate fact from fiction? That is where Trent Lancaster can help. Trent is an investment professional at Janie Montgomery Scott, located in the Spartanburg office, who will take the time to answer all of your investment questions. He can help you develop a personalized financial planning strategy with the flexibility to adapt to your changing needs. Trent can also help you with estate planning, setting up trusts, income for retirement, and legacy planning for the next generation. Call Trent today for a complimentary portfolio review by calling 864-585-8282. That's 864-585-8282. Or visit TrentLancaster.com. Janie Montgomery Scott, LLC, member FINRA, NYSE, and SIPC. 
man, I need a new car, but I have no idea where to look. Have you tried Impex Pre-Owned at Bowling Springs? Pre-Owned? I'm not looking for something with lots of mileage on it. That's why you need to go to Impex Pre-Owned, because they have a huge selection of new model cars and trucks with low mileage. Well, that sounds great, but i got to stick to my budget. And that's another reason why you need to check out Impex Pre-Owned. New model cars with low mileage at thousands less than you'll find anywhere else. Call Yvette today at 864-327-9297 or check out ImpexPreOwned.com. Impex Pre-Owned. Quality used cars made easy. Image Printing is the only shop in the upstate that prints signage, decals, banners, t-shirts, wide format printing, full color paper printing and offers graphic design services all in house. And now Image Printing is offering custom t-shirts with no minimum quantity. That's right Image Printing now offers direct to garment printing which means you can get your design printed on a t-shirt whether you want one or 1,000. Visit Image Printing at 845 California Ave across the street from the Spartanburg County Detention Center. Call 864-583-8848. Hey this is Ryan Cleary. Lately I've been eating one home cooked meal after another. I'm talking million dollars per Mexican lasagna, chicken tetrazzini. I can't cook at all, and my wife's a great cook, but she has a full-time job. So neither of us have time to feed our three little ones a home-cooked meal. Many of you listening can relate one way or another. Who has the time? Mama Sue's does. That's right. Mama Sue's on East Henry Street in Spartanburg has homemade meals daily for you to pick up, place an order online, or stop in at Mama Sue's. Also check out their $5 lunch specials. Mama Sue's, open Monday through Friday, 10 to 6. The weather has finally cooled down, and football season is finally here. Whether you'll be tailgating at a game or at the house this season, you'll still need ice. Twice the Ice has 12 convenient ice houses located throughout the county. Twice the Ice is affordable and is never touched by human hands. Get a 10-pound bag for $1.25 or a 16-pound bag or 20-pound bulk for $1.75. And it's available 24 hours a day using cash, credit, or debit card. To find a Twice the Ice location near you, visit SpartanburgWaterIce.org. So what if your roommate, we'll call him Einstein, decides to microwave a metal bowl full of cookie dough and sets your apartment on fire? Yep, State Farm has an agent for that. See State Farm agent Cliff Gobert in Spartanburg for auto, renters, frankly, all kinds of insurance. Cliff's got your back. So call Cliff Gobert today at 597-1200. That's 597-1200. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Cliff Gobert, State Farm Insurance, East Main Street in Spartanburg. I've seen the bookmarks on your computer. Gmail, Google. Where are we? Why are we not bookmark worthy? Go away. Don't talk to me. I hope your car radio explodes. Okay, I take it back. But please, bookmark SpartanburgSportsRadio.com. <laughs> And welcome back to the last segment of Start Your Engines. We got a we got a surprise guest on the line here. Good morning, Ronnie. <laughs> good morning, guys. How y'all doing this morning? We're doing great, and it's so good to hear your voice. What what prompted you to call uh, in for the first time since about March? <laughs> well, it seemed like you were you're just running with a little bit of time left. I didn't want to take up any of the valuable time. No, I just want to say how much I enjoyed listening to Kenny Schrader. Yeah, and he, uh, when I got him on the phone, he said, I only got about 10 minutes because I'm driving through the mountains of West Virginia. And I said, okay, <laughs> just tell us when you got to go. But, uh, and actually, I'm the one that brought it up. But, yeah, Kenny, Kenny's always good. But you sound good. What you been up to? Well, doing what I'm doing right now, staying pretty much away from everybody. I, I haven't been many places at all since March. Every time uh, you pop up with something on Facebook, it pops up on my phone, and I see it looks like you get out a little bit. I've seen you uh, either that or you're standing in front of a green screen or something. 
Well, I, I went to vote. I did some things like that. Uh, been to the grocery store a few times, but I've been pretty much staying put. But listen, back about Kenny, the last time I saw him race was at Rockingham about eight or nine years ago. Probably and he longer came than that. Second to a young kid that had just started on the Arca circuit named Joey Logano. Oh, is that right? Yeah, and we went to the uh, press presser afterwards. And uh, Joey was saying a few things, but most of their questions were to, to Kenny, the second place winner. And and Kenny just kept t- taking it back and letting Joey have the, the spotlight. He was he was really magnanimous about it. And that's when Joey Logano really was the best thing since sliced bread. Well, I guess that's about yeah. the time he got that that uh, nickname. Right. Well, what's been going on as far as? Uh, I guess you, you haven't had much to do with Burns. Um, I know you were the voice of Burns, and you're in their Hall of Fame, and and um, uh, I, I guess you know you haven't been able to do too much. None of us have. Well, I, I made the personal decision that I didn't think they should be playing now. I didn't think they should be subjecting the kids to the possibility of being exposed to the COVID virus, and I chose that uh, after. 30-something years, I would not be in the press box this year because I felt like that that would be a tacit approval of the season, and I just did not think that we ought to be doing that. Man with a conscience. So what about, uh, um, I mean, you were you did some other things other than Burns. Uh, if Assuming, and that's a big assume, that things will get back to normal maybe next spring or something, would you be back in uh, – press box at upstate and um uh, was it wesleyan university or something you, you did a lot, you did some other things yeah i did and if things were better yeah i will i would like to do that well Assuming i'd like you to have, anybody still wants me after this well i'd like I'll for just you have to wait and see i'd like for you to be sitting in this room with us uh again oh someday. absolutely i do want to get back with you guys you have no idea how much i have missed well, these Sunday mornings are kind of weird <laughs> for us, but uh, yeah, you know, you gotta. I was that was Clary, nice enough to let us, uh, you know, suggest, and and I didn't even think of it. I didn't know it was an option, although I knew we didn't have any local shows on uh, Sunday morning. But he, right. in fact, this past week he said, "Why don't you move it to Sunday and take three hours?" And I said, "Nope, we'll stay, <laughs> we'll stay on Saturday and two's plenty." So uh, me and Ronnie had done that three hours uh, for a long time. I got old. Yeah, we did some three hours well, when I was running. Ronnie, we want you back now. Want you well, back. more than just doing the show, I, I miss my friend. Well, that's exactly where I was headed with that deal. At Applebee's. That's right. Yes, I, I absolutely miss that, too. They made our whole Saturday. Because we, we, we solved a lot of the world's problems sitting at Applebee's. Yeah, we sure have. And my wife finally got to meet you. I think that's the last time yeah. you, you, you went. Um, I think it was. My wife showed up. And, uh, well, Ronnie, I'm going to let you go. I got about 15 minutes to, to to say about 20 minutes worth of material here. So uh, I, I'll be sitting here listening. Anyway, you, you call in anytime. You don't have to wait till you think we got a, uh, a gap in the show. We'll make a gap for yeah. you anytime. Ronnie, Ronnie. Well, I appreciate it, and I'll, I will talk to you this week. I just got one thing I want to tell you and keep it under you. Okay. Roberta. Which I know you've talked to her on the phone several times. She's going to be a grandma. 
Bless her heart. Tell her I, I, I think she looks way too young to be a grandma. Well, she'll appreciate that. She's pretty excited about it. Takes a lot of heat off me right now. <laughs> oh, I bet it does. <laughs> but, it is, but it is exciting, yes. And Greg looks exactly like a grandpa. <laughs> well, I have to admit, Greg, sorry. Yeah, I got gray enough hair and enough lines and crinkles. I, I can qualify. But, yeah, we're real yeah. excited. Ronnie, kind of, Ronnie, thanks for calling in. I appreciate it. And uh, you call right. in, please. Thanks, uh, you, we got a We got a spot for you every week. Thanks a lot. I'll talk to you later. All right, buddy. Thank you very much. Ronnie Black, member of the crew, calling in. That's cool. Yep, it was cool and a pleasant surprise. Now, let me see if I can cram in. I do have. I got 14 minutes. Okay. Uh, the cup. Barry. What? Okay, Greg. I know. I got I got it right here. I know what I'm doing. Um, <laughs> I know you do. He holds up a sign for me to tell Natalie to get our table ready, and I don't do that till the end of the show. So, let me handle that. Um, Cup. They ran the Cup race last week at uh, the Roval. And um, who won that? Who won that in the pool? I think you did, Perry. I did. And I've got got four wins. Alan's got four wins. Jada's got four wins. And Nelson's got six. Ronnie and Greg haven't scratched yet. So uh, we still got... We're not mathematically eliminated. That that nine car looked like it was a dominant car after on Sunday. It did look good. It did run good. Joey Logano, speaking of which, finished in second. Eric Jones was third. Kurt Busch was fourth. Ryan Blaney, fifth. And uh, it was an interesting race. And at the points as they are right now, now we we lost uh, four more um, four more last week, didn't it? Was it three or four? Four more last week. Lost four more. One of them was Kyle Busch. And uh, yep. he took it kind of. He took it on the chin right there whenever they interviewed him, which I've always said, this racing is a humbling sport. It is. And... Uh, He's really concerned, I think, uh, more about breaking his streak of, what, 18 years in a row or something of winning a race than he than he was not making the chase because that, that bothered, that's bothering him a little bit. Um, so uh, the driver's standings right now is Kevin Harvick is uh, first, Hamlin is second, Keselowski's third, uh, Hamlin's 13 points back, 32 back is Keselowski, Chase Elliott is fourth, Joey Logano fifth, Martin Truex, sixth. Alex Bowman, seventh. And Kurt Busch is still in there, and he's in eighth place. And uh, Allen makes these uh, predictions. And uh, who are you picking to be the next four out there? He's already got it up on the whiteboard. I'm picking 88 to be out. I'm picking the one to be out. And I hate to say this, I'm picking that nine to be out. Oh, no. And the 22. Well, you, you out on a thin limb there. Well, uh, I don't think you. But, well, but, but you got to look at the four I chose to go on. I chose the four car to go on, the eleven car, the nineteen car, and the two car. You don't care about the one I was really worried about is the two car. Well, no Chevys, huh? Uh, and this will be about the second or third or fourth year in a row they haven't had a Chevy in the finals. Well, I mean, you got to look at it. I mean, you've got four of the championship drivers right there, and whenever you go into, whenever you go in. The, the the deal I've got with the nine car is we are going back to Martinsville, and you know he is tough at Martinsville, so is the 19 car. That's right. And the lineup for today, by the way, and I believe we've got a 40-car field. I think we got a full field. Chase Elliott is on the pole. Logano is second. Kurt Busch is third. Got him a good spot. Alan shaking his head. 
Kevin Harvick is fourth, Truex fifth, Bowman sixth, Hamlin seventh, Keselowski eighth, uh, Ryan Blaney ninth, and William Byron tenth. Looking on down the line, uh, it would be kind of neat to see Clint Boyer win a race on his on his home track. He's starting twelfth. Uh, some other big names: Jimmy Johnson is fourteenth, uh, De Benedetto is eighteenth, Kyle Busch is twentieth. He's way back there. And Bubba Wallace is 24th. And looking on down the line, we've got a full field of 40 cars with uh, the great Chad Fincham bringing up the rear. And I couldn't tell you a thing about him. It does say MBM Motorsports, whatever that is. Okay. Moving over to Xfinity. We haven't had a chance to talk much about Jeremy today. He uh, He's had some rough going on. We talked about him last week, getting a penalty for missing the last chicane on the Roval. Um, they uh, raced last night, and as I said, Chase Briscoe was the winner in a, a dominant fashion. I mean, he just blew all, by all of them there at the last. I just wanted to know if you caught that deal whenever Jeff Burton was talking about the boy in the 21 cart got turned upside down. Alfredo. Alfredo. They was talking about how long this bush race, I mean, this race was, the Xfinity race was. He said he's going to get a lot of experience in this race if he just finishes all the laps. Well, he got a lot of experience getting upside down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and that's the experience Jeff Burton claims he never had. So uh, I-, I was kind of hoping uh, Ryan Sieg would win that race in the number 39, but he uh, he faded there a little bit at the last. Chase Briscoe was the winner in number 98. Um, that Daniel Hemrick was second, who early in that race was all over the wall, but he came back. Uh, they said he got two laps down at one time. As I said, I was switching back and forth between Bama and the race, and I missed a few things. Sieg did end up finishing third. Justin Haley, who I still say is going to be a big name in this sport, is fourth. Austin Hill uh, had a good run in that number 61 and was fifth. Josh Williams, sixth. Brett Moffat, seventh. Michael Annette, eighth. Brandon Jones, ninth, and Justin Allgaier, tenth. Jeremy Clements finished a lap down and was the first car a lap down. So once again, he number one in his class and finished in 15th position. The points for uh, the uh, Xfinity cars is Chase Briscoe is first, Justin Allgaier, second. Brandon Jones, third. Austin Sendrick, fourth. And Justin Haley is fifth. And Jeremy Clements has still got a comfortable 41-point lead in 13th place over the 14th place car. And as 13th is the best Jeremy can do, we want him to finish 13th. The trucks ran, and I caught the end of that race. And uh, it was won by Brett Moffitt. And he, um, uh, that was run, was that, fr- was that Friday or Saturday? I can't even remember when I saw it. Now, I think it was Friday night. And Brett Moffat won it. Sheldon Creed was second. Austin Hill was third. Grant Enfinger fourth. And Chandler Smith was fifth. Uh, the point standings in the truck, and that was the Clean Harbors 200. That was also at Kansas. And the points in the truck, Sheldon Creed is leading that by seven points over Austin Hill. Austin bouncing back and forth between the trucks and the uh, Xfinity Series. Zane Smith is third. Brett Moffat fourth. Grant Enfinger's fifth. And uh, they will be racing next at Fort, Fort Worth, Texas, where everybody else will be. And that will be the Speedy Cash 400 at noon uh, on the 25th. And so I think that's next Saturday. Let me back up here to Xfinity. They'll be out there at Texas for 
their next race, and it is the O'Reilly, O'Reilly Auto Parts 300. And that'll be at 4.30 on NBCSN on next Saturday. Um, so, Texas is a good, hot, fast track. I like to watch them run out there. ARCA's done. And they finished up, uh, that's what I saw Friday night. They ran Friday at Kansas. And their season is over. Corey Heim won that race. Not real familiar with Corey. But, of course, the big name there is going to be uh, um, Ty Gibbs. And the Sam Mayer, they uh, just dominated the second half of the year. And so, Corey Heim was first. And this was in the Speediatrics 150, which was held Friday, late Friday afternoon at Kansas. Brett Holmes was second. Derek Griffith third. Dylan Lupton fourth. Michael Self was fifth. And Hallie Deegan, who uh, Nelson was talking about moving over full-time to the trucks next year, it was sixth. And their final point standings came out. Brett Holmes is the champion. He um, won one race and won the championship. Michael Self was second. Hallie Deegan was third. She didn't win, but she had 17 top tens, and that's not too bad out of 20 races. Uh, Drew Dollar was fourth. Ty Gibbs was fifth. Now, Ty Gibbs did not run the full season and won six races. So you just keep your eye on Ty. He's coming. Brad Smith was sixth. Uh, Sam Mayer was seventh, and um, he won five races, and he uh, he ran 13, but it seems like he didn't even run that many because when he started winning, he started winning. Chandler, uh, Thad Moffat was eighth, Chandler Smith ninth, and Mike Basham was tenth. ARCA is done. See you next year at Daytona for Speed Weeks. The Indianapolis cars, uh, they run their last race of the season next week at St. Petersburg. On the 25th, so that would be a week from today, in the Firestone Grand Prix of St. Petersburg. That'll be at 3.30. I don't have a network, but it'll be a, an NBC or NBCSN. And their point standings, it looks like uh, it's going to be tough to catch Scott Dixon. He's got a 32-point lead over Joseph Newgarden. Colton Herta is, uh, is third. He's 101 points back, so you can forget him. He was at Road Atlanta in a sports car yesterday. I saw him interview him. Will Powers, fourth. Patricio Award is fifth. Graham Rahal, sixth. Sato, the Indy winner, seventh. Pagano, eighth. He was there yesterday, as was uh, ninth place finish um, points man Alexander Rossi. And Felix Rosenquist is tenth in the Indy points. And they finish their season next week. Formula One. I mean, they race until the middle of December. So we won't be wrapping them up, but I can tell you right now, it looks probably like, barring some catastrophic happening, um, Lewis Hamilton's going to win his second championship in a row in three out of four years. They race next week at the Heineken Portuguese Grand Prix. They still got Imola in Italy, Istanbul in Turkey, Bahrain, a double header two weeks in a row in Bahrain, and Abu Dhabi and uh, United Arab Emirates ends their season. But um, Lewis Hamilton's way out front and his teammate second, Valtteri Bottas, with Max Verstappen third. And you look all the way down here to uh, 18th, and you do see Roman Grosjean in the American car. So that's not bad. And uh, we touched a good bit on it earlier, and I've got it right here uh, pulled up. They finally posted the results from... Uh, the WeatherTech Sports Car Championship, and um, it was 
once again, uh, Ringer Van Der Zander won the race. Ryan Briscoe, who's leading in the points, is his co-driver, as is Scott Dixon. So, I tell you, it was a shame. We uh, got a good track coming up for us, us, listen to me, at uh, Sebring to end the thing. But next week, they go to Sonoma. The uh, the uh, points, if I can pull that up here, I had it a minute ago. Ryan Briscoe is first. Second is Ringer Van Der, Zand- Van Der Zandy. They're tied for first place. Ricky Taylor and Helio Castroneves are tied for second with eight points. And Pipo Durrani, who we're pulling for, is running in fifth in the points. He's 12 points back. It's a tough uh, road to hoe, but we'll see if he can get up there. He's uh, He's got a chance, and I tell you what, I won't say they got robbed yesterday, but they got robbed yesterday. I mean, it was, i tell you what, it was a fantastic duel in the dark. And um, uh, it was really some exciting racing. And as far as television, today at 2.30 on NBCSN is the NASCAR race from Kansas. I got it all in with a minute and a half to go. Greg, got any final thoughts? Well, just glad we had some good guests today, beautiful weather, some good good football scores with some of the right teams we wanted to do. And just a pretty day, and I'm just glad that... Uh, and by the way, Perry, you you done perfect. You got all that in. I did. I talked I fast. I mean, you really did. Well, yeah. I didn't have that much uh, Formula One and Indy to talk yeah. about. Alan, what you got? You still taking uh, one up, taking them apart, and wait until next year. Taking them apart, going to wait till next year. Uh, still got a little bit of local racing going on around here. Get out here and support it. Like I said, them boys are doing a lot of improvements up there at Harris Speedway, and uh, like for everybody to get out there and support these boys for, I can say, sticking their neck out making this place a go because everybody knows the history of Harris Motor Speedway. Don't need to let it go to the wayside like a lot of our other racetracks. And uh, it's one of our oldest racetracks around. Yeah, my daddy used to take me up there. And uh, uh, I know the stock cars even ran there for a couple of years. Billy Wade and and I think Ned Jarrett won both of them. Patty might have won one of them. I don't remember. I wrote about it. But... uh, yeah, um, support your local tracks. Traveler's Rest, are they still going? And uh, Traveler's Rest pretty much had their last race last night. Uh, I'll still look for the schedule, see if they have anything else coming up. And uh, next thing I know is uh, Cherokee's going to be uh, November. Okay. Say hello to Mr. Wilson. Tell him to... Yep, Mr. Well, Mr. Wilson's on his way back from Kentucky deer hunting. Oh, good for him. All right, then. Well, thank you so much for listening today. And... Uh, We'll be back, don't forget, on Saturday next week. Won't be a Sunday show. We'll be back on Saturday at our usual time. Natalie, get the table ready. And we'll be on that way and keep it between the fences. You've been listening to Start Your Engines. Tune in each Saturday morning at 10 during the season for the very latest in auto racing news, interviews, and guests from around the sport. To find out more or order Perry Allen Woods books on motorsports, visit McFarlandBooks.com. Start Your Engines has been a presentation of Fox Sports Spartanburg, LLC. All rights reserved. Listen to our programming anywhere on the web at SpartanburgSportsRadio.com. Fox Sports 1400, WSBG Spartanburg.